Good morning, goddesses and gods alike. Today is March 9th, 2020, and it is Monday. Happy Monday to everyone out there. This is the Goddess Morning Show, and I'm your host, Shannon. Today, our first article, we're talking about zero waste. Again, one of my favorite topics because it's obviously so important to our climate and our environment. So from zero, goingzerowaste.com, we have our environmental piece for the day, and it is eight things you need to know before going zero waste. And the lady says, I started living a more eco-friendly lifestyle a little over five years ago. And there are a few things that I wish I knew before going into this. Anytime you're creating a lifestyle change, it can be a little scary. I hope this post encourages you to give it a try. I hope it removes any fears you might have and makes joining in more accessible and most importantly, fun. Number one, you don't have to fit your trash in a mason jar. At this point, I think the trash jar has mostly fallen out of favor. If you're not sure what I'm talking about, it's people like I used to be who fit all their trash for X number of years in a mason jar. I think most people recognize it's the gimmick and it's not saying it can be it can't be inspirational, but it's certainly not always accurate. You can read more in the blog post under goingzerowaste.com about three reasons why the trash jar is bullshit. Using mason jar as a trash can is unrealistic for most people. All it does is make you feel inadequate when you can't fit all your trash in that teeny tiny jar. And trust me, no matter your best efforts, that won't happen. And when you start constantly feeling bad about yourself for not achieving this unrealistic goal, you're way more likely to give up. This makes going zero waste a chore, not fun. And who wants to keep doing something that's not fun? Wanting to live more sustainably isn't a crash diet. It's a lifestyle change. So relax, let go of unrealistic expectations, do the best you can, and forget about the trash jar. Number two, you won't go zero waste overnight. Humans like to go from zero to 200 in 1.1 seconds. Most of us flip a switch and want to go zero waste and sustainable instantly. Of course, that's pretty much impossible. I was already living a very low waste life before I decided to make the leap into zero waste living. And it took me around three months to build systems to reduce my trash even further. These systems include things like finding where to grocery shop, actually remembering to bring my bags to the grocery store, getting the, in the habit of remembering my reusable water bottle. All of these things are second nature at this point. I don't even realize I'm doing them, but there will be a period of time where you need to build those habits. You'll also have a lot of old plastic things you need to work your way through whether that's your current shampoo, plastic baggies, or single-use products that you already own. That's totally okay. The most eco-friendly thing you can do is use up what you already have before you switch to a zero-waste alternative. The bright side, this will save you a bunch of money. The downside, it can be challenging when all you want to do is that zero-waste Instagram aesthetic right now post. Okay, number three, you don't need to throw out all your stuff. Ah, uh, yes, the zero waste Instagram aesthetic right now post, it's very appealing. It might even be one of the reasons that you wanted to, to live a more sustainable life. 
And there's nothing, nothing wrong with wanting to achieve a certain look. Certain things like aesthetics can make going zero waste more sustainable for you long term. I have a lot of beautiful zero waste products like Tiffin's and bamboo dish scrubs that make me a very happy lady. But please don't throw out all your perfectly good functioning stuff to replace it with zero waste stuff. I think this is one of the main reasons people assume zero waste living is expensive. They feel like it's just one giant list of eco hipster goods. It's not. I still have my plastic toilet brushes from eight years ago because they're in good shape. Would I love a swanky bamboo toilet brush? Yes. Will I be getting one anytime soon? Probably not. Please use what you have, and then once your item has reached the end of its useful like, then switch to something more eco. All right, number four, people will apologize for everything. Your friends and family will probably apologize and justify everything in their lives to you. When I'm out with my friends and get a plastic water bottle, they say, Catherine, please don't hate me. I've had this thing for blah, blah, blah years, and I'm not being wasteful, I promise. I'm so sorry. I'm using disposable plates at my party. Don't look at this. You don't see this. I'm going to throw this away. Can you turn around? And this list goes on and on. I always remind my friends that I don't care. They don't need to justify all of their life's decisions to me. When you choose to go zero waste, it's your decision and your decision alone. It's important to not judge people based on what you've decided to do for yourself. That's the quickest way to turn people off. Be you, be genuine. Continue to hang out with your friends. Over time, you'll rub off on them. And that's why tip seven probably is the most important on this list. Tip number five, not everything will go your way 100% of the time. Remember the whole, your trash is probably not going to fit in a mason jar thing? Yeah, that's because things aren't going to go your way 100% of the time, and that's okay. You're going to ask for no straw, and you're going to get one. You're going to pack up your leftovers in your own container, but be brought a styrofoam tray anyway. You're going to say you've got your own bags to the cashier, and they're going to give you a plastic bag anyway. If you live with someone else or have a family, you're going to wind up with trash in your life that's totally out of your control. These things aren't going to go your way 100% of the time, and you've got to just take a deep breath and remember that you're doing your best, and that's all that can be done, and that's enough. No stress, no stress. It's all going to be okay. Number six, be open to changing your mind and learning new things. I have changed so much over the last five years of doing this. When I started going zero waste, I was very trash focused. That was how I judged all of my consumer choices. Can I avoid trash? And I think this is a great first question to ask yourself, especially if you're new to sustainable living. It's a great way to simplify your choices so they're easier to make and less complex. However, the choice that makes the least amount of trash isn't always the most sustainable one. If you're just starting out, I don't want to overwhelm you with too much information, but just so we're clear, I think starting to look at things from just the trash lens is a wonderful place to start. But once you get the hang of it, be open to asking yourself more questions like ethics in supply chains, overall carbon footprint, end of life, etc., Number seven, don't be too hard on yourself. We need system change. Yes, there is power in one person and individual action. However, we can't rely on a few people living a perfect zero-waste life to change the world. Individual action is important because it shows there's demand in the market. 
This is very important. Citizens must act so businesses and politicians can react. But change can't rely on a per few perfect individuals. We need system change, too. We need citizens, businesses, and politicians all moving at the same time in order to create true, long-lasting change. So if you're not perfect, don't sweat it. You're doing the best you can by simply showing there's demand in the market. But if you want to take it one step further, you should absolutely check out a guide on getting more involved in your community. Number eight, you will get overwhelmed. Climate change is overwhelming. There's no way around that. Trying to live a more sustainable life can be overwhelming too. You will probably get overwhelmed at some point in time. I think the best thing to do is take a step back. Take a moment, a beat, even step away. Do something just for yourself. For me, when I'm feeling super overwhelmed, I order a takeout meal. I don't do it very often, but it's some something that just says it's going to be okay. The world doesn't rely on you being 100% perfect 100% of the time. You're human. And the next day, I get back to it. Allowing myself to be overwhelmed and not be perfect is the reason why I continue living a low-waste, zero-waste lifestyle. I have found the perfect balance of sustainability for me and the planet, and you can read more about that in the blog post, Five Rules of Personal Sustainability. So get started. After reading all that, I'm not sure if you're amped or terrified. No matter which you are, I want you to pick one thing that you're going to change and truly commit to it. All right, our next article comes from mindbodygreen.com. And it says, do you remember numbers in your dreams? Here's what they mean. And this article was written by Anna Karen Blorkend on March 7th of this year. It says, wherever we go, we're surrounded by numbers in various forms and combinations. Numbers show up in our birth dates, names, addresses, astronomy, nature, and of course, in our dreams. Do you dream of numbers? Have you ever wondered why certain number sequences keep popping up? I'm often asked about the significance of numbers in my dream guidance sessions and seminars. And if you're dreaming of certain numbers or regularly noticing certain number sequences in your daily life, there may be a message in there for you. So to embrace your numbers and their messages, we're diving into dream numerology and how to use it in your life. Ever since the Greek philosopher Pythagoras declared the world is built upon the power of numbers, scientists, philosophers, and alchemists alike have searched for the golden formula to decode the universe's mysteries, and Pythagoras was in good company. Sacred number teachings can be found in the Jewish Kabbalah and Chinese I Ching. It's believed that every number from 1 through 9 has a different vibrational quality. The following list is a basic summary of those qualities. The next time you dream of a number, keep the list handy for some quick inspiration as you think about your dream. If you're not clear on the message, you can meditate on the answer and ask for further clarification for your dreams the following night. Number one, step into your power. Number two, choose positive thoughts when you connect with others. Number three, create and dream big. Number four, Time to get organized and work diligently. The universe is supporting you. Number five, have some fun. There could be big changes ahead. Number six, embrace the loving frequency of responsibility and nurturing. Number seven, the most mystical number of all, you are aligned with your soul's home. Number eight, 
Time to manifest what you want. Number nine, you're being guided by the universe as you help others and your angels are with you. Master numbers 11, 22, and 33. Number 11 is a master number and deserves to be understood in its own right. It shines with universal insight and divine light and comes often with intuitive messages. If the number 11 shows up either by itself or with another number combination, there's a good chance there's a prophetic message in there for you. Other master numbers include 22 and 33. The number 22 carries powerful building and manifesting energy, while 33 is considered the most spiritually evolved frequency. But all three master numbers have a very high energy frequency, and it's advisable to keep your thoughts positive and loving whenever any of them flow into your life. So what about number combinations? When a number is combined with another number, a new frequency is created and expressed. In dream numerology, you can either reduce a multi-digit number or a single-digit number or look at the numbers as a whole. First, consider whether the number could have shown up as a representation of a significant number in your, in your life, such as a house number or a birthday. For example, if you dream of number 111, you can either reduce the number to 3, 1 plus 1 plus 1 equals 3, or look at it like number 1, followed by master number 11, or simply observe the whole sequence. It could be understood as January 11th or November 1st, the number that appears first in a number combination carries most of the energy. The number one vibrates with the energy of leadership, for example. When combined with other numbers, it becomes unlimited in nature. Different numbers and number combinations will be up for different interpretation. But since these are your dreams, with a little reflection and consideration, plus these numerology basics, you'll be able to decode the numeric numerical messages in no time. All right, in our herbal section for today, we have 10 reasons to grow chamomile for your health and for your garden. And this is in my, um, I'm sorry, grow, cook, for, grow, cook, forage, ferment.com. And it says originally published on May 11th of 2018 and updated last year. So a hot chamomile tea is the perfect way to end any day as it helps calm the mind and relax the spirit. I know that I enjoy it most evenings. Beyond its ability to tame frayed nerves, chamomile has many other benefits, both for the garden and for us. I love growing chamomile for so many reasons. Here's the top 10 reasons. Chamomile is easy to grow from seed. Not all flowers are easy to grow from seed, but chamomile is one exception. It also reseeds itself every, it very readily, so it will come back year after year on its own. The tiny seeds need sunlight to germinate, so spread them on the surface of the soil and gently tamp them down. Keep the soil damp, and they will usually sprout within a week or so. Chamomile is an excellent companion plant. Chamomile is naturally antibacterial and antifungal, so it is the perfect plant for companion planting. Plant them around your apple or other fruit trees to prevent fungal infections. It is especially beneficial to plant chamomile around brassics like broccoli, kale, or cabbage, onions, beans, and cucumbers as well. If you have chamomile plants next to other herbs like basil, rosemary, and mint, 
It will help to increase their oil production, making them more potent. Chamomile attracts beneficial insects and pollinators. In, con in conjunction with being a companion plant, chamomile helps to attract beneficial insects and pollinators to the garden. Hoverflies, beneficial wasps, ladybugs, and honeybees are all attracted to chamomile. As an added benefit, chamomile has also been known to deter mosquitoes. Chamomile tea can be used in the garden. Chamomile tea isn't just good for us, it's also good for our garden. Brew some up and use it in a spray bottle on seedlings to help prevent damping off a common fungal infection. It's also a natural insecticide for unwanted bugs like aphids, but won't harm bees. You can also use chamomile tea as an organic fertilizer for plants, similar to how she uses comfrey tea in the garden. Chamomile plants are green mulch and good for compost. Since chamomile is high in nutrients and grows a large amount of greenery, it makes a great mulch for chopping and dropping. This simply means cutting the plant down at the end of the season and leaving it in place as a natural mulch. Chamomile plants are also good for the compost pile due to its high mineral content. Chamomile flowers are edible and delicious. It says, I love edible flowers and chamomile are one of my favorites. They aren't overpowering like some can be, and fresh chamomile flowers have a certain sweetness to them that can't even be described. They are particularly nice in desserts like strawberry chamomile cake or lemon chamomile shortbread cookies. Chamomile promotes relaxation and sleep. Chamomile is a wonderful herb for relaxation and sleep, which is why it's so popular as an evening tea. As a nervine herb, it also helps to relieve stress and anxiety. Beyond tea, it also has powerful aromatherapy benefits for relaxation and stress. Chamomile is beneficial for digestion. Another powerful medicinal property of chamomile is its action for the digestive tract. It's an anti-inflammatory and antispasmodic, making it soothing for the entire digestive system. It also helps to reduce gas and upset stomach. Drink a cup of chamomile tea after a meal to help with digestion. Chamomile is great for skin and hair care. Chamomile is a common ingredient in skin and hair care products that is, is soothing and good for itchy and very dry skin. Make your own soap with chamomile almost castile soap recipes or try chamomile lavender lotion. It can also be made into a hair rinse and may even help to lighten the hair naturally. Chamomile is a children's herb. One of the chamomile's best qualities is an excellent and safe herb for children. Chamomile is high in vitamins and minerals that are essential for a growing body. Chamomile tea is especially calming for children and may help them relax and sleep. You can use it as a calming chamomile tea bath that is also great for the skin. It can help with upset stomach and digestion and may even provide some relief to teething babies. Chamomile is an amazing herb that I have always wanted to grow in my garden so that I can util utilize its many benefits. I hope these reasons to grow chamomile will inspire you to grow some yourself. If you don't want to grow it but still want to enjoy its benefits, I recommend purchasing chamomile from Mo Mountain Rose Herbs. They are my favorite place to get high-quality organic dried herbs. All right, so our next article comes to us from manifestingwithashley.com, and it says, how can I start off my mornings when they're so important and crucial with how the rest of my day is going to be? Since using the law of attraction in my day 
day-to-day lifestyle, I've come to terms that morning affirmations are an amazing way to start. Why affirmations work. Setting intentions and affirmations as soon as I wake up has helped me start off my day on a positive note. The affirmations run through my head all day after I listen to them first thing in the morning. Whenever a challenge occurs throughout the day where I might encounter low vibrations, I hear these affirmations cross through my mind and then I'm back on track. When you listen or repeat affirmations during your morning routine, those beliefs are the first thing planted into your consciousness. You'll have an easier day filled with gratitude for what you already have and for who you are. So repeat these affirmations every morning. As soon as you wake up, wake up with a smile and repeat these. Today is going to be an amazing day. Miracles are going to come my way today. I am so grateful for another day of this beautiful life experience. I accept and welcome positive changes. I am free. I am overflowing with energy. My day is going to be filled with so many possibilities. I am the creator of my own universe. I love myself and I believe in myself. I am fearless always. I choose to go with the flow and let go of all resistance. If I can imagine it, I can receive it. I thank the universe for all that I already have and for all that is to come. Quick tip, record yourself on a voice memo app so that you can listen to yourself saying these affirmations out loud while you brush your teeth, get dressed, or even during your commutes. Given these affirmations a try, please See if they work for you to build a positive, happy morning. All right, that's all for us today. As always, we thank you so much for tuning in and are glad to share our time with you on whatever you're doing today. Have a very blessed day and namaste.